This is Sam Caligioni, founder and CEO of Dogfish Head Brewery, and you are listening to At The Bar Podcast. Cheers. Oh my gosh, dude. Can you believe that we interviewed Sam Caligioni from Dogfish Head? Can't believe it. Still can't believe it. Still, Still pumped about it. Dude, I can't. I'm so excited to have that play in the beginning of each episode until we get somebody else and that can rotate them. But, dude, yeah. that was that was so cool of him. He's such a cool guy. Like, I could talk for hours about that experience, both personally and, and professionally and everything else. But I, I do talk cool for guy. hours about it every time I meet anybody <laughs> in the beer world. People still come up to me when I'm when I'm working at uh, the brewery, dude. They're like, "Hey, you're that one guy that has that podcast that interviewed Sam from Dogfish, right?" I'm like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> yep, that's us. We did that. <laughs> we did that. So, as always, it's your usual suspects. I am Mike. We got Jeff. That's me. And we're we're the hiatus is hopefully ending this episode. It's Memorial Day weekend. We got some beers in front of us. Hell yeah. Hopefully, our schedules have. Uh, not been so fucking crazy because oh my god i've never actually been awful but this is the first day off that i've had and i'm enjoying a beer and ready to do a podcast so i'm yeah it's all good fucking kill it so um jeff let's 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 uh you drinking first all right i am drinking a fooder punch by almanac almanac brewing uh in california so Almanac Brewing Fooder Punch, they do sours in fooders similar to um, like New Belgium, I think is a big one that does that, but they're doing their sour stuff in fooders and this is called Fooder Punch. It has, let me read you a little description, but it has a ton of like fruit flavor and not crazy like vinegary. It's a sour blonde ale aged in oak fooders with raspberries, blueberries, and cherries. And it is like a beautiful amber red color oh yeah like a fruit punch but a little bit little bit lighter than that it's not straight like kool-aid but nice red color crazy good beer really really nice sour good dude because i brought that in at my uh my liquor store kind of on a on a rip on a whim and uh, i had it i got i bought the first bottle when it came in and i loved it it's good really good really yeah i've been on a little sour kick good so go with i don't have a glass of what oh all right all right so i don't have a glass in front of me so uh my beer is about the same color as jeff's even though none of you can see it but we can see each other um it is a collab hidden springs has been killing the game lately Uh, i've been having a lot of their beers and they've all been fucking awesome but this one is a collab with thirsty topher which we are familiar Mm -hmm. with here in orlando so it's one of the best if not the best craft beer bar in orlando is there i'll show jeff the label here is there man child peanut butter and jelly berliner interesting and there is a secret there's a dick hidden on here uh which i'll, I'll send uh, a picture uh to you jeff a little bit later on but um they're doing the, the a, dick drawings huh the dick drawings <laughs> but it is a uh, peanut butter and raspberry jelly or jam berliner and it's fucking weird tasting like but the more you drink it, the more you enjoy it. Really? See, I've had peanut butter and jelly, and I always – it's one of those flavors similar to, like, coconut. You can't use it in a light, you know, in a light beer. Right. 
The, the, the aroma in a light beer is like just suntan, suntan lotion. lotion yeah. But in a dark beer, it plays so nice. It's like I I don't know how peanut butter goes in a light beer. I don't know if I like that. So you open it. It's a tall boy. You open it. It's big PB aroma. Holy shit! All PB, but the flavor is primarily raspberry with a little mm. bit of nuttiness. And I think what so I've had this. I had a can beforehand, uh, like last week or whatever. I think what kills the beer for me as a whole is that Berliner tartness on the end fucks with me like it's like a mental thing of like yeah pb and j is it supposed to finish like that yeah pb so and j like, does isn't supposed to have cheese in it it's not supposed yeah. to be pb and j <laughs> cheese thank cheese berliners so i think that's a mental block i'm having but overall i mean this is the most expensive four pack of berliner weiss i've ever bought at 26 dollars <laughs> they're getting up there man and it's like everybody no matter who they are like is releasing these beers and they're just like pricing them at whatever they want because the market's yep. allowing them to do so. Yep. And it's like, you almost don't need name recognition anymore. You just need something cool on the bottle or can, and you just like put it at whatever price you want and somebody will buy it. It's like, it's, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. Yep. It's price insane. It doesn't matter anymore. And craft beer. Like you just said, you just said hidden Springs and a craft beer bar did a collaboration. <laughs> that neither of them are a big name. I mean, like in their own right, they're awesome, but they're not like it's not like you just said like, oh man, the brewery and and you know Alchemist did it. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you see, like twenty six dollar four pack for for a very small, you know, regionally well known brewery and a very small, awesome craft beer bars collaboration. It just anybody can price anything at whatever they want now. Six bucks a can, and I bought four of them, and with tax, twenty six. That's like too. that's like bar <laughs> pricing. Like that's like if you go out to a bar and buy a pint of that, it should be six bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But nonetheless, it's it's a weird beer. I know we've talked about it at length on the show, uh, and then with people, listeners, face to face. But it's a weird beer, man. So we're all about that weird about- beer. How about that weird beer? So <clears throat> this got brought up by a listener uh, uh, super recently that they think it's a good idea for us to cover, and I agreed, and you agreed as well, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Peter Kors threw some shade at the BA, the Brewers Association, kind of being a crybaby about the lack of joint support that they should have. So I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm going I'm to very briefly paraphrase it, but Peter Kors is – crying saying that the brewers association is turning beer drinkers against big beer slash macro beer when they should really come together to fight the the consumer wars they have with liquor and then with the rising popularity of marijuana both uh in liquor and and beer and as well as recreational uh what what consumers spend on recreationally so he's crying and whining this whole press release open letter not even a open fucking letter. not not a press he open lettered it and didn't even send it to the brewers association just posted open letter online about how pissed he is that they don't support macro brewers and only support micro brewers so yeah i'm gonna I'm, and the unbiased in me is gonna say he does have a very good point of we're both we're all in beer we should all team together to fight for the same amount of money the consumer recreational money that liquor you know, tequila, wine, whatever, as well as marijuana are all trying to get the same, you know, money from, from people that they spend in their free time. So with that point, he is right. You know, beer should sure. join together to fight Absolutely. the common enemy, you know, but as we all know, both of us and you listening, 
that's not the case. <laughs> Far from the case. No. And, and and this is, you know, like I if, if he weren't the main not in the main reason him, but macro wasn't the main reason that micro and macro didn't get along by posting smear campaigns and trying to squash him out of existence, then I would get his argument. You want to cry about being the, the guy who's getting taken advantage of. Don't be the one who created the divide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 1,000 percent. Macro beer created the divide. 1,000 percent. They're the big bully. They bully. I don't know the the. I don't know how Miller Coors does their their marketing and, and their quote unquote smear campaigns with craft. But I know on AB is what they do is pretty public, pretty well known amongst the craft beer drinkers is they bully, they try, they, you know, the whole buyout thing and they try and overload, you know, stores with their product based on pr- good deals, you know, case deals, better pricing that flushes out a lot of the craft shelf space. I'm, well, I'm yeah. assuming Miller Coors is the same thing, but I don't know specifics of what they do. They do that, and then they also will release a commercial making fun of a guy with a mustache for smelling his beer too much. And and I can't believe the people drink all these fruity, crazy, whatever, pumpkin pee jail. Remember, everybody remembers that commercial. Yeah. So, you know, they sit there and they talk all this about how it's unfair and that they've been the victim of the BA being upset with them and, and basically only encouraging people to drink craft beer. They're the ones who created this divide. They're the ones who shit all over craft beer for years while they were just trying to get their piece of the pie mm. and and trying to do it within the confines of macro and micro being on the same page. We're beer, you know? And yep. then macro started to smear them. And now macro's pissed because micro is is definitely gaining popularity still. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's something to say with you know, a lot of people don't know, but like from the retail side and, and from the, you know, the retail and, and front end side of whether it's a retail store or a restaurant, you know, a lot of these distributor reps, there's so much money behind these, these big, you know, middle cores and AB that a lot of the times these sales reps will get paid or they get their bonuses solely on the macro beer that they sell. So that would be Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, Michelob, the whole nine, right? So the, their incentive for them to make extra money is to sell those brands to all as much as as much of, a, of their accounts as possible. So they're not getting paid on the craft beer they sell. So why even sell the craft beer to Total Wine, mom and pop liquor stores, you know, regional liquor stores? There's no incentive for them to do that. And that's a way that maybe a lot of consumers don't understand of how big beer is pushing craft beer out of shelf space out of floor space out of liquor stores because these sales reps aren't making money so why even sell it they're doing it this doing the same thing on premise with bars too bar i mean they're buying taps they're they're incentivizing their their reps to only sell macro i had when i was a product at world of beer i had six different reps i communicated with and the bud house you know I, i worked with wayne dench that rep could not give a shit if he ever even came by. World of Beer, a place that only sells beer. Yep. You know, 800 SKUs, 60 taps. No, we don't even need to go by there because we're not going to bring in any of the macro stuff. So he'd pop by at the very end of the day and just clean up their scraps of whatever beers I left for him. You know, like if I up, oh, I didn't get an Amber Ale today. What generic 
bullshit amber ale do you have that's new from a you know a brewery you guys just picked up but they didn't care about trying to push any sales because that guy's not making any money off his craft sales and he knows i'm not bringing in bud light so sure never never stopped by and that was like this is a guy who's a beer rep snubbing world of beer which at the time back then was was thriving in the craft beer world yeah because they didn't give a shit about selling craft they weren't incentivized to do so, you know? Exactly. And then that's, you know, I, I want to make that clear with people who may not know or may not be, a, you know, knowledgeable in that area is, is that is a big player. And, and maybe that might become more of a normalcy with these reps, you know, them taking out shelf space for these local breweries like Red Cypress and, and Hourglass, who distro is they're going to push them out by not paying the sales rep to sell them. So, you know, it's, it's really, you know, I can't emphasize enough is take the time to learn and, and take the time to talk to uh, reps or like people behind the bar or people on off-premise or on-premise accounts. And if you want to really support local, support independent, you know, be aware of these tactics and, and be an educated consumer because, you know, I, I'll speak for myself is I learn shit every day about the craft beer industry that I may not have known. And that makes me, you know more well-rounded and I try and bring that to the show as much as I can and still be kind of, you know, relevant and not repeat myself. So it's be educated, know who owns what, you know, if you want to support local and, and really stick by that mentality and you probably shouldn't be buying Terrapin or Sweetwater. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we've, it, and we've talked about ownership and transparency and ownership before on the show. And I think we both have said, uh, you know, quality, like we always say quality over everything. Terrapin and Sweetwater, still things I purchase occasionally, although both of their brands, both of their brands are not things that I get very excited about anymore, not because of ownership, but just because I I think that my palate's advanced past what they've been putting out. Um, But, but that doesn't mean that I'm I'm boycotting them because of ownership and where they, where their, you know, money is coming from. However, if that is what is important to you, then those are, then you should know the transparency of ownership. Um, you know, uh, what what's becoming more popular is they're only buying out portions of breweries instead of buying. They'd rather buy four quarters of four, di- or, you know, a quarter of different bur- breweries than one full brewery because they can remain transparent or they can remain hidden in their ownership that right. way a little bit easier than, oh, my God, can you believe they bought so-and-so brewery? And mm-hmm. then it's and then everybody boycotts that brewery. I mean, look at what happened with Goose Island. Right. Which is the first right. major exactly. brewery. I mean, that was, and that was a disaster for Goose Island. Right. And they're doing fine now. Um, but... Yeah. Let's do, there's another topic I, w- I want to kind of get into, but let's do a little, let's take a little mental break and have a little bit of fun. We're going to do a little bit of buying fun, fun, or fun. selling. So I'm going to, I'm going to present a topic to Jeff. He's going to tell me if he's buying or selling. Okay. It's coming with ESPN. It's a, it's a pretty hot topic. All right. <laughs> Jeff, you know, the new Star Wars movie, Solar, right? Heard it. Buying or selling the solo movie image on solo cups. Buying or selling? Sell. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not on I'm not on board with the solo branding of solo oh anything. Oh my god. That's and I'm also crazy. I'm also really not on board with the solo prequel movie. Like, there's so many reasons that it's stupid. One, that solo we already saw young Han Solo in episode four, the first Star Wars movie. He is young. So we don't need to see young Han Solo again. An origin story of him is kind of just repetitive and stupid. And I really can't see that movie being good. So I am selling. 
big time. I don't right. see it being good. Donald Glover maybe saves it because I like him. Otherwise, cheesy, fucking awful forced humor the entire time. That's what I predict. Right. It's going to be forced jokes. I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I do not plan on seeing this movie in theaters. I'm only buying because it's like a super dad joke. Solo yes. movie on solo cups. Shit makes me laugh. All right. So that's... <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Jeff, you buying or selling Bud Light Orange makes a quiet national debut, a limited time offering. Buying or selling Bud Light Orange. Orange Bud Light. Yep. I like, I'll say this, I like BLLs. I like Bud Light Limes. All right, all right. On the occasional boat beer. Now, you know, drinking the wizard. You know my disdain for Bud Light regular. Mm. But. Mm Uh, Bud Light Lime is something I, I'm okay with. So I'm going to buy Bud Light Orange. Not actually physically. Like, I probably won't actually buy a six-pack. But I'm going to buy the concept yeah. of it. Right, right. Um, I, I think it has a place. I think people will like it. Everybody likes Shock Top and the Blue Moon and those orange-infused wheat beers. Why not throw an orange into a, I, I don't know, whatever the hell they make their rice wine fucking beers out of now. Yeah. But throw some orange into that little thing. Yeah, I'm selling because you should never touch OG Bud Light ever. That's crazy talk. <laughs> you should touch it. You should touch the bottle just long enough to pour it down the drain. So I went to. So I'm 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 selling just because I'm fucking over orange, like orange and beers. You, know, I'm just fucking done with it. Well, and they see the success. I'm fucking done with orange. They see the success of these like citrus bomb, you know, unfiltered IPAs. They say that's, orange everywhere. Exactly where, yeah, that's exactly where it comes from, dude. Like, I'm just fucking tired of whether it's got fucking IPAs or pale. Like, give orange a fucking break, dude. Seriously. I'm there's only so many oranges. God. Yes. There's so many other fruit. You're you know? jaded, man. We're Floridians. Floridians are tired of orange. Yeah, dude. I fucking I, too much orange. I don't, I don't even eat oranges. Well, fuck that's orange. crazy. Oranges are delicious. Like I said, fuck oranges. Um, I went to a um, little side prod, little side note. I went to a the Budweiser distributor in Orlando. I went to a meeting last week. They're coming out with like a Bud Light blend of like juice. So it was like a Bud Light lemonade. Not gonna lie, not fucking bad. And they okay. had like a great like grapefruit juice blended with Bud Light. Not bad, dude. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Uh, so I'll just, I'll just throw that out there, judge away. <laughs> All right, Jeff, buying or selling a new trend coming up of breweries teaming up with musicians to release beers. For example, Elysian, which is owned by AB, has teamed up with Def Leppard to release a Def, Lep- Def Leppard Pale. And... Another brewery, Highland, in uh, right around Asheville, North Carolina, has teamed up with one of my favorite musicians, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, to do a Clear Pilsner, buying or selling the collab of breweries and musicians. I want to buy, but I think I'm going to sell. And I'm going to sell for the same reason that we talked about earlier, that these collabs are getting out of hand with their pricing. So if a band were to say, let's do a collab, but I want it to continue being affordable for my fans, then I buy, but because that's not going to be the case, because the brewery is going to see dollar signs when they pair with a name like Def Leppard, they're going to price that at a $7 a can six, four pack and make it some kind of absurd one-off that you have to get or else you miss out. 
And that's bullshit. So I, I am selling on the fact that I know these greedy breweries are going to overprice these honestly probably mediocre beers. Yeah, I'm selling as well. Um, I really can care less what music, what band is on the can. I just want the beer to be fucking good, dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can say this. Michael Jackson teamed up with, obviously it's not, who, uh, Justin Bieber teamed up with Cigar City to do a New England IPA, and I want, I want to fucking buy it. I'm tired of New England IPAs. Yeah, that's that's a good pairing too, because those are both people that have a lot of um, fame and uh, for no real reason. Yeah, yeah. So. We got we got uh, two more buying and, and sellings, then we'll get on to another uh, a big topic here. Jeff buying or selling Zima is coming back again. So Zima's making its re reappearal and yeah re re it's re return. Re-return. re re <laughs> return <laughs> Whatever they're doing, they're coming back for a, re- an re- encore. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Uh, uh, I guess it must have went well the first time. I didn't know a single person that ever bought one, so... Uh, but I guess it went well the first time they made their return, so let's uh, see it again. I don't know. I'll buy. I'll buy. They must have made some money. Yeah, dude. I'll buy as well. I know it sold out like bananas when it got released, I believe, last year. And so like crazy, I'm also buying uh, FY Miller Coors is releasing this uh, malt beverage. I'm also buying again because I want to do one and do a fucking taste test. Like drive down to Jupiter and do like a Zima Jolly Rancher uh, taste experiment. That'd be badass. We should get all the, uh, the hard seltzers, like all the this little whatever they are, like the White Claw. Oh, yeah. And um, hard water. Hard waters and some Zima and get like all kinds of weird little beverages that we don't normally drink and do a taste test of all of them. Good idea too. Great idea. Um, yeah. So we're both going to buy that. Uh, I'll fuck with Zima. And last buying or selling. This one's going to be kind of out of the uh, left field, but we'll fucking go with it. Uh, Oma gang neon rainbows will be the brewery's first in-house can. The reason why I'm asking is because Oma gang, a, what is, is Omegang notorious for, Jeff? Belgians. They're brewing, yeah, exactly. And they're brewing a New England IBA. <laughs> and and they're putting it in a can. And they're putting it in a can. Just like all new. They're they're touching uh, all new ground here. So I'll, I'll go, I want to go first because I, I kind of looked at it a little bit more than I kind of threw it at you. Uh, I'm buying the name Neon Rainbows is actually a tight beer name. Props to them. The can label is actually super cool, too. I'm selling fucking everything else about it. I don't want more New England, and I don't want a Belgian brewery doing a New England. I want a Belgian brewery doing what Barrel of Monks does, and that kicks ass. You know what I'm saying? What I think is if you are a Belgian-inspired brewery, but you have since day one tinkered in American styles here and there, done stuff like that, Fine. If you are well-known and probably built your brand on the fact that we don't do that American trendy weird stuff, like every – and you've come across these breweries, like the the hardcore German brewery that's like yeah. we only do traditional German styles. Like if you're that and then like down the road, you're like, oh, maybe we could do this New England IPA. Honestly, fuck you. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. sell. Like that's you not only sell, sell the brewery. You just gave up on everything that made you what you were. Yep. Just because you saw dollar signs and you say these New England IPAs are catching on. And honestly, bullshit. 
fuck that. It's a trend. You just gave up your core, like soul of your company for a fucking trend beer. Yep. That is, I'm sorry. Oma gang must be struggling because that's the only answer for why they would do this after they've built a reputation on being a Belgian brewery that does Belgian, that does traditional Belgian beers. Not even like, not even like weird Belgian beers. They do like right. traditional Belgian beers. And then yeah. they're going to do this. Fuck them. Yeah. And send your uh, hate mail to uh, at the bar podcast at gmail.com. I would love to read them. Mace, quit shitting on New England IPAs. They're so fucking good. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. My orange juice soured once and I tasted it. It tasted just like a fucking New England IPA. It was yeah. great. I really want to put, before we get into like the, the second serious topic, I really want to put like fucking orange juice on tap. Like keg it and put it on tap and just say it's or, or it's in New New England and just see people's fucking reactions as they're drinking Tropicana orange juice. I want to do a, I want to put six identical kegs of a New England IPA on and then pretend they all have different hops in them and watch people tell me how each one is subtly different. <laughs> Bro, you can't taste the hops in this? Yo, you can't tell. This one's bubblegummy. The other one was citrus grapefruity. Yeah, dude. I I don't know. Like, I was given a a strawberry milkshake IPA. I'm like, this shit tastes the fucking same as every other New England IPA. Bro, bro, you don't taste the strawberry? No, man. I don't taste. It tastes like a fucking New England IPA. They all taste the same. All of them. I don't know where these people are. Dude, fucking. All right. I got to stop talking. I'm going to get mad. All right, so the, our uh, second serious topic, maybe our last, I don't know, we'll see how the episode goes. Rehearse, guys. Uh, this is a big one. This is going to bring up a can of worms. Uh, Sony is suing Knee Deep, Knee as in, you know, the knee on your leg, Deep Brewing, over their Breaking Bad-inspired beer. So I don't know if Jeff wants to pull it up on his end, if he hasn't already. It's, the beer is called Breaking Bud. And it's an award-winning, <clears throat> excuse me, India Pale Ale, an IPA, and Sony is cracking down on the fact that their can art or their label is a virtual straight ripoff of the Breaking Bad. The, the font's the same. The logo's the same. It has a hop guy in a white chem suit with a chem mask with black barrels that say hop. It is a clear ripoff. So going into it, uh, Knee Deep, I guess, reached out to Sony and a representative from Sony said they never had a problem. And now all of a sudden Sony is saying, "Hey, what the fuck, bro? You're 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 ripping off our brand of Breaking Bad, and it's a clear ripoff, not an interpretation, not a parody. It is a blatant ripoff." And I'm not gonna read the whole thing. You guys can Google it yourself. But this is a growing trend. I kind of want to know Jeff's opinion as well, you know, because we haven't talked about this off air, and and you're very business smart. So, how do you feel about? Let's do this particular. And then we can branch off. How do you feel about them blatantly ripping off arguably one of the best shows ever on TV for a product for their IPA? I mean, I get where they're coming from business sense wise. They wanted to capitalize on the trendy name and they wanted something that's easy to remember, marketable. I understand it. However, you could easily come up with a good name on your own that's equally memorable something that resonates with your cut with your customers something that's equally funny without ripping off like blatantly ripping off something and you don't have to this isn't the first uh this isn't the first breaking bad beer we've seen either but i've seen them done better where they're not right i mean this one is 
the same lettering, same font. It's a picture of of a guy in the hazmat suit, and they're out in the desert with a fucking RV. Yeah. And instead of meth supplies, it's hops. And you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like that's right. I, they de- they deserve to get sued. And the thing is. They're doing it because they're trying to capitalize on somebody else's genius, which is fine. I, you know, it's a good pun, it's a good play on words, whatever. But you need to understand that one, Breaking Bad had nothing to do with beer, so right. you don't All need to, enough. you don't need to jump on that ship. Yeah, it it has a cultural following, and it was like uh, one of the best shows ever. But like you're gonna get sued for that. Is it worth going through all that just to name your beer Breaking Bud when you could have easily named your beer something else just as cool or just as funny and made your created your own branding? Right. I mean, same thing goes with you know we mentioned a couple episodes back the whole dilly dilly thing is that Budweiser came up AB came up with the whole dilly dilly marketing thing and a brewery just named a beer dilly dilly. And AB smacked that shit down super fast in the best awesome way possible. Yeah, in a, in a, in a classy up. way. Yeah, in a classy, in a classy way. way. This label is a – I actually have two cans of it. I'm actually going to save. And, you know, but this is a clear ripoff of the uh, pretty much the name, the way the logo looks, the font, like a super obvious ripoff. And I think it's – you know, I, I hate seeing breweries get sued, but, you know – Come on, guys. Like, it's not that hard to think of something original. You know, you have one of the things I love about craft beer is that the creativeness, you can, you're, there's nothing really holding you back from coming up with your own recipes, your own logo, everything. everything it's a creative, you know, infinity, you know. But these, so many breweries are ripping off cereal, candy, TV shows, musicians at a rate that's, fucking crazy dude like Insane. joel joel you know joel a uh, brew formerly brew cocky on twitter uh he does he's at uh down he does uh he's a head brewer down at west palm he has a whole instagram page of all he does is post pictures of blatant ripoffs of brands that breweries are copying fruit loops juicy fruit kellogg this you know count chocolate this it's out of hand way out of hand and it's it's kind of makes me upset because it, you know, it's like I just said, like we have open, an open forum to create whatever we want and it's breweries being lazy and, and just taking the easy way out. And, you know, I've said it before on the show. It's, it's like a lot of these times, these guys who start breweries are not good business owners. And these examples that are continuously happening over and over again is just proof that all you really need to open a brewery is fucking money. You don't need to brew good beer. You don't need to have a good business sense or give a shit about being sued. You just have to op- have the capital open a brewery. And that as a whole has watered down the market so much to where like craft beer isn't what it used to be four years ago. And well, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that. I'd say there's just as much good craft beer as there was four years ago. There's just so much more bad craft beer. So I okay, would, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not. It's not that craft beer is not where it, where it was. It's that there's just so many people doing it poorly, and capitalizing on the people that are doing it well, and they're just saying, you know, okay, well, if everybody's getting success out here, why can't I get my slice of the pie? I don't really need to know how to brew beer. Why would you need to know how to brew beer to open a brewery? Right. And 
you know, it's it's kind of become a little bit of a clown show with with certain, you know, a lot of upstart breweries that just don't really care about doing anything unique or cool or different. They open up with, you know, five core beers that all are mediocre and they still get business. And that's the problem is we continue to support these people. And and even to the point where I don't know if it's loyalty or subconscious or because of the drink local or whatever it is, we continue to support these people with our money and then we even back them with our mouths you know right, like right. a shitty brewery that's like no dude they're good they still are good like yeah i mean their beers fucking suck every time i go but like no they're still good and it's like why do we do that why can't we just call a spade a spade and move on and stop supporting bad breweries with our wallets when right. we should be to starting to weed out the, the bad ones so that we can get just the good ones left yeah, and a counter argument to that is, well, maybe the, that brewery, you know, that business owner of that brewery doesn't want to be big, doesn't want to grow. He just wants to be that neighborhood place, to neighborhood watering hole, and and like kind of like rap. You know, they want to they want to stay small, do small batch. They don't intend to grow. They don't want to distribute a whole lot. They just want to stick to their little small area of of Seminole and super limited district but keep everything kind of in-house sure but they also brew great beer they and that's a good counter argument is you know it's up to the brewery the owners of what they want to do but rap can get away with that because their beers are fucking legit right and if you're brewing great beer be as big or small as you want to be but if you're brewing shitty beer then don't even like i mean not to say don't even open doors because i understand that you're a business person trying to make money right so make your money i guess but it's just kind of bullshit that we continue to allow these people to make money off of us when they're not doing anything that not only that not only that isn't special but not we could do it there's people brewing better beer than most breweries are that are upstarts in their closets at home you know like i we we have done a lot of homebrew stuff we've tried a lot of homebrews there are homebrewers that are doing better beer than 50 percent of the beers on the market right now yeah it's 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 crazy how that works out. Like, you know, I'm excited for Preston to get Baber open and stuff. And you know, all his beers, his every beers beer I've ever tried, great, yeah. dude. Like, they're all really good. There's his worst beer is an above average beer, which is still better than, like you said, fifty percent of the stuff out there. Right. And just because you know they don't, they can't find a location or they can't find the money, they can't open. But yet, so and so down so and so street found the money and is perfectly fine with brewing basic shit and i guess i guess the, the my big problem is that if you're going to open a business why would you not want to grow like to me i cannot understand that logic and that business plan of i'm going to spend all this time all this money and resources to open a, a business with no intentions of growing it that yeah. blows my mind it's one of the only businesses i've ever seen that business model too like and it's and it's it happens a lot more in craft beer like than you would think like it it actually i would say like one in every five breweries we go to is like no we're cool doing what we're doing like yeah they might grow a little bit and they might like eventually be forced to do something bigger than what they planned on but like they don't really have the drive to grow and it's just that i feel like that's very unique to craft beers or to craft breweries yeah they're like oh you know we're just we're brewing Jupiter. We don't, and you know, we don't ex- want to expand to statewide distribution. We just want to stay in our little hole here in Jupiter and maybe around yeah. Jupiter. Yeah, it's and a question. 
you know it's like well i mean yeah but the quest brews good stuff just make sure you gotta put the beers in the fridge though um because they or else they explode <laughs> i learned that the hard way oh, did you? <clears throat> oh yeah half my beer is fucking popped oh no and and they were over and the other ones were over. that's that's another story for another time but like i can't like i can't i i respect that decision i just i i can't i could never do that if i'm opening a brewery which one day hopefully will happen like i'm going for the moon mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna be like oh we're just gonna stay in jupiter we're just gonna be daytona beach's local brewery and just service that county and then that's it i can't you know blows my mind mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that is all the topics we got um so yeah, fucking copyrights. I I hope I really hope these these big brands really come. I hate to say it, but I really hope these bigger brands, the cereal brands, the, the candy brands, really come down with C and Ds with these breweries to kind of get things fucking <clears throat> in control because it's fucked up. It's fucked up. You shouldn't be right. copying people. That's illegal. Definitely illegal. Um, so I kind of want to go and we're gonna wrap up the episode here. I know it's not too too long, but I kind of want to talk about. <clears throat> beers that we've enjoyed lately. I know we haven't talked about it in a while. Maybe, maybe not beers, but maybe drinks. Because you know we're crappier focused, but we could talk about other things. Correct. Um, so, kind of what drinks? Because I've been to a couple places that I haven't mentioned on the show, and maybe we can talk about it. <clears throat> but maybe uh, Jeff drinks beers or mixed drinks, whatever that you've had in the last couple of weeks that you've kind of enjoyed and you kind of want to uh, to share with with everybody sure so i am actually currently drinking one right now i just opened it um it's not the first time i've had it though but it is a fantastic red cypress beer called wild ones um Uh which is a slightly sour uh sour ale it's not overly sour american wild um it is like i said not super vinegary not super like bitey really easy drinking wild ale and uh i just opened up and started drinking it's phenomenal so this is uh of the two beers i had tonight which i really enjoy the fooder uh punch but i really like this one i probably even a little bit more because i'm (laughs) I'm more of like a i'm more of like a smoother sour kind of guy not like the bitey ones you know not the vinegary ones yeah shout shout out to red cypress dude like oh man every time every time uh ryan adam everyone who uh garrett at red cypress man what's up everybody um yeah so I have I have that bottle. I haven't had it yet. Um, I went to St. Augustine this past Sunday, actually uh, last week ago uh, today. When I was at when we went to when I was at your house for the Barrel of Monks anniversary, which that is on our Facebook page at the Bar Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you introduced me to Barrel A's Barrel A's gin. Now, granted, we were kind of drunk, and it was like Ooh, it is so good. But I remember having it be like, oh shit, this is what's up. So I went to, we went, me and my buddy went to St. Augustine, went to the St. Augustine distillery. We did the tour, which is awesome. They let us try each of their main uh, liquor spirits with their like in-house mixers. Now I'm not going to go into details about that, but definitely if you're in St. Augustine next time, go to the distillery. It's a great tour, great drinks. So I bought, I was like, oh fuck, if they got a barrel aged gin. Oh, I'm they on. do. I have yeah. it. I own it. <laughs> Funny story is. I now have one. <laughs> there, it's so good. Um, I haven't opened it yet. Um, I'm super behind on all my spirits. Um, I'm, I'm super behind on all my drinks. I have so much fucking beer and spirits. Shit, it's ridiculous. But um, I had the regular gin, and the regular gin is fucking good, dude. Mm-hmm. Really good. 
the, it's a little pricey for what for what you're paying. It's I mean, mine's was forty five dollars for a seven fifty, but I bought into the story behind the distillery. I bought into how they do things. I bought the into ice the, plant the right? story. Yeah, yeah. The ice, cool. I, they sold me on the story and and the way they make their gin is that most gins, London Dries, you know, Beef Eater, Tangerays, they crush the juniper berries and then they throw those in and then they throw in all the botanicals. So a lot of gin tends to be very sharp and very herbal from the juniper berries. So what this St. Augustine distillery does with their gin, both barrel-aged and, and, and regular gin, which I'll get into in a second, is they crush everything up together. So it's more complex, more balanced, you get a lot more of the botanicals and all the, the citrus and everything else they add, and not you're not drowning in that sharpness of the juniper berries. Pine, just pine. A lot of people say that yeah. too. It's always piney. Yeah. So the difference for those who don't know, regular gin is essentially vodka with juniper berries and quote-unquote botanicals, which could be thousands of different things. So barrel-aged gin is they take their gin and they put it in their double-cask bourbon barrels, and they let it age for three to six months. So that's, so barrel aged gin is a little, it's clear that there's a little brown hue from the whiskey that was in the barrel. Yeah. It's like a so, gold. It, it looks like a Bud Light. Oh no, you got that wrong, buddy. It's Bud gold. Light's nice. Bud Light's nice and strong and clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but, it's gold. So you get the complexity of the bourbon that is used with the complexity of the gin. And it is awesome. And I, Jeff made me be, be a fan of barrel aged gin, and I can't wait to try. it. Hopefully, maybe we can do like a a, a spirit tasting next time I'm in couple, town. Or I have three different barrel aged gins, so we could definitely do some tastings on barrel aged yeah, gin. Next time I'm down at your end or you're up here, we can definitely do a uh, a tasting. Now that I have a like the potato cam is oh, no longer here. Full HD, yeah, all HD. Look at you, I can see everything. <laughs> that beard's getting long. I know, dude. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> but, uh, and you can see the fact I'm balling on top. But anyway, so yeah, so that was good. Um, I went to, I don't know if I mentioned this. I went to Angry Chair a couple weeks ago. They had a, dude, God, dude. How about fucking Angry Chair, man? God. Oh, they had, oh I know. They're awesome. Oh, that shit is cracked, dude. They had a um a fudge bucket stout, which is essentially a stout with fudge. Mm-hmm. And they uh, cake treated the with double stuffed Oreos. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is oh, everything? Oh my god! <laughs> is everything you can picture, but in a glass you can taste it. It was great. Um, yeah. Are you sure? Seven sure. Sun. We went to Seven Sun. That was fucking badass. I bought back a, a four pack of their passion fruit and vanilla Berliner, which I've haven't opened. It's actually warm, so I, if it was cold, I'd, I'd open it for you guys. But um, yeah, dude, I've been doing a lot of drinking, doing a lot of exploring. That's what you need to do. Um, I'm, I'm open to uh, open up some bourbons and maybe do like a bourbon episode. We can do that. That's cool, man. We can well, definitely do that. I got a couple more. I got to toot my own bar. But, of course, uh, Black Marlin. Stuart, if you want to go, we have a barrel-aged maple Manhattan. That's fantastic. And while we're on the barrel aged yes that's kind of got me thinking plug away so we did a uh we did a manhattan with maple rye hudson whiskey so uh hudson brand is a small batch whiskey distillery does uh whiskey and bourbons from hudson river valley up in new york um all small batch stuff they have a maple cask rye whiskey so it's a rye whiskey that they age in maple wood casks rather than oak 
Um, so you don't get a ton of, it's not like maple flavored whiskey. It's just in maple wood. We went ahead and turned that into a Manhattan with little mm-hmm. bitters, sweet vermouth, and a touch of organic maple syrup. Put it in a barrel for a month and a half, and now it's just a fucking perfect drink. So good. We sell, uh, we serve that with some mix, like a fancy mixed nuts medley and a piece of maple candy bacon. Um, phenomenal drink. So wow. that was one that I really loved. And then the other day, I did have a beer also that I really loved. Whoa. And it was Avery Uncle Jacobs or never heard of it. Uncle Jacobs Stout, seventeen point one percent bourbon barrel aged stout, and it is freaking awesome. And, Jeff I mean, doesn't fuck around. <laughs> so good, but seventeen percent. I had one glass, and I was like, "Man, I'm pretty tipsy." But it is, <laughs> it is a badass, badass beer. So. If you ever see Avery, Uncle Jacobs, try that as well. And uh, that's – okay, two more. That's the only two. That's it. Okay. Um, quick question. How do you come up with like – going back to like the Manhattan, like how do you – who comes up with those recipes? Is it you or is it like – that, that, how's that come to fruition? That recipe was me. I made that up. Um, it's basically a standard Manhattan. I played on the fact that we were using maple rye just to do the maple candied bacon. And then I put – I mean – I put like one and a half ounces of maple syrup into an entire barrel that holds, I want to say six liters. So, Mm. uh, so like there's not a whole lot of maple in there, but it was just to, to, to play it kind of with the, with what it was just playing with the, with the wording a little bit, but it's, it's more or less a standard Manhattan. I wanted to do something different for like the Stewart area that they do a lot of good cocktails in Stewart and we have a great cocktail list and we do a lot of craft cocktails as well, but nobody was doing anything barrel aged or, or anything like that. So I actually have, I, I asked my distributor for a barrel. We have a barrel behind the bar and we pour that drink straight out of the barrel. So it's been, oh, we don't sell it until it's at least a month and a half of age. And then once we get down about a halfway down the barrel, we bottle it. And then we put the next one in. And so sense, yeah. we don't know what the next one's going to be. But once you bottle it, it stops aging. And then, you know, then you start aging the next version of whatever you're going to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it's been selling really well. It's a cool drink. And um, it's just a, a completely different thing than you see at a lot of places. Yeah. And where can where can people get that? A little plug your plug your restaurant here. That's Black Marlin Stewart, uh, right in the middle of downtown Stewart. It's called the Black Marlin. It's been there. Uh, 25 years in August, so it's an old, old uh, local hangout, fantastic bar, uh, great reputation for a long time. So come check us out. And kick-ass cocktails, too. Hell yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's wrap it up there. Let's do a couple plugs. I know we just plugged back uh, Black Marlin and Stewart. Be sure to check out. It's a great restaurant, great uh, craft cocktails, great beers, uh, great food. Um, I see all the posting on Facebook. I'm like, oh, shit. That looks delicious. Yeah. The uh, surf, surf and turf we just posted. Yeah, my God. Dude, fuck. <laughs> um, I'm not into seafood, but I'm like, I'd fuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to plug. I know we told them a while back that we'd plug them, and we've been so busy since. Um, I want to plug Bangin' Banjo and Adam in Papano Beach. We ran to Adam at the Barrel and Monks anniversary party. He released, uh, fuck, an Imperial Stout. I forgot the name. It's something with an S. And he's gonna. I'm sure he'll he'll text me or whatever. Um, but dude, they're they're stepping up the game, man. I know we we gotta go back. We last went there about two years ago. 
We had they were less than a year old when we went there, right? Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. So um, yeah, they've got their feet wet now. It's, it'd be nice to see what they're doing because they were already killing it last time we were there. Yeah, so they've they stepped up their sour game. They begin. I talked to people who are from the era and they love Bag and Banjo, the great beers. So shout out to Bag and Banjo and Adam in Pompano Beach. So if you're in the area, feel free to check them out. Another shout out to Red Cypress because I fucking feel like it. Shout out to Red Cypress in Winter Springs, and <laughs> as always. <laughs> I'm gonna give us a shout out at the bar podcast. We're fucking back. Um, hopefully our schedules align to where we can do this every week. Like we used to, uh, that's the goal. Uh, we got more stuff coming out. We got t-shirts. I got two of them. I'm still working on, uh, what little free time I have. I, I'm, I'm putting towards the shirts. So they're coming out soon. Uh, check out some Instagram ideas. That I want to, I want to bring out. And as always, we are on at the bar Facebook at the bar podcast, Twitter at the at symbol, the bar podcast, and feel free to uh, email us at the bar podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up, hit us up on social media, any comments, questions, concerns, ideas, things you want us to talk about, cover, or just our general opinions on the stuff we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, as always, up. always, I am your, I am one of your hosts, Mike. We got Jeff, the usual suspects. And until next time, we will see you guys at the bar. Bye. See ya.